Roy, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? My name is Vahid Chitsas, part of the Elite Mastermind Group. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourself for us. I know you're a salon owner. I got a lot of questions for you. But go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody and where you're coming to, to us from. Okay, well, my name is Derek Anthony. I'm coming to you live from Nyack, New York. I own a hair salon. I know, it's ironic. I'm a bald hairdresser, but it's the truth. Um, I own a hair salon in Nyack, same town. Uh, I've owned the business for now seven years. Um, and we moved to a new location right where we are now on Main Street, large location for the past just over three years. So good awesome, morning, awesome. My mom is a hairstylist too, so um, oh, she, this, is, this is very dear to my heart. I think she's been doing it for like 30 years, man. She's okay. like addicted to that. I don't know what it is about being a hairstylist. It's just, it's like cocaine. You get it addicted is. to it's it and you cannot let go. <laughs> It's a very interesting industry for sure. I'm happy to be a part of it. Fantastic. So let's let's dive into it. When did you get started with Thinking Gourish Napoleon Hill? Has been your how has been your experience so far? Well, I read the book for the first time probably eight years ago. It was right before I opened my salon, about a year before, and it was really the first business book that I ever like picked up. You know, I had heard about it. I heard it was like the Bible of business books. So I said, well, let me read it. Um, and I instantly just got very, very, very engaged and involved in it. It was, um, it stuck with me all these years. I read it one more time since, and I'm actually going to start reading it again now. Uh, cause I think you can never read it enough cause you always get something new from it, but it was definitely the first book that for me helped me understand, um, how important my mindset was, how, how important my thought process was, um, the reality of manifestation as well as, Uh, the law of attraction and everything that it talks about within the book um and for me it's really it has come to fruition to be honest so what are the what are the two principles that you use the most in your current business and profession well i would say the number one thing is like the daily mantra you know and i there was a time where i seriously i wrote the whole paragraph out memorized it read it out loud every single day and what i kept saying was i'm going to own a million dollar salon um and I kind of brought it down to that over these past years where it's go we're going to be a million dollar salon. And this is when we were a salon that had just one employee and zero, we started from zero and we actually just had our first million dollar year at the end of 2018. So it took some time, but it did happen. That's a lot of, uh, what, what, what do you do? <laughs> a lot of hair. It's a lot of hair. <laughs> how many tons, how many pounds of hair is that? <laughs> you know what? That would actually be a good statistic to know. I don't know how many pounds of hair, but what I can say is that um, we're still a small, small salon, really, in the large scheme of things. We're only 1,700 square feet space. Um, I have now just uh, 18 employees, 11 stylists on the salon floor. Uh, but, you know, a big part of it is just is, is that manifestation, that goal setting. I goal set with everyone individually. I help them you know, understand what, how they can reach their potential and how they need to think in order to create that. And I think that think and grow rich and the mindset that really helped me. That's really the number one thing for me. I would say the mindset. And then the number two was really like just speaking it and how important your words are and how important it is to say where you, where you will be and not just wish and hope that you're going to get there. Um, and then back that commitment or that, that those words up with action and commitment. That's what's the, been the biggest thing for me. Consistency, Um, self-discipline, all of the things that the book talks about that are so key um, to growing. And um, just the, the whole story about, um, you know, everything with 
with the the deaf son and just the, the whole way that like all of that happened to really think about where the time period that this was written in and how relevant that it is right now in 2018 yeah. or 20 uh, not 2018 2019 to me is just it's mind-blowing because this thing was written so long ago and it's still so 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 relevant for today that is awesome. So now I'm gonna get now now I'm gonna get the authentic with you. What is it that you don't love about being a hairstylist, hairstylist, hair salon owner, business owner, all that? And what is it that you love about that? So I I know my mom has a different. Uh, <laughs> she'll probably tell you what it is. She just hates people canceling on her when she gives them the slot. She <laughs> hates that. Like, you cannot cancel on her because she's, like, on, on a schedule and everything else. It's so that's one thing she doesn't like. No, but no. tell me your business. How is your business? Um, well, for me, I, it's almost one. I think what I love about it is just as much um, what can be the challenge about it. I won't say what I hate about it because I don't think there's anything I hate about it, but there are many challenges that you experience as a business owner that's not necessarily specific to being a hairdresser. Now, of course, no hairdresser or no clientele-based uh, operator enjoys when a last-minute cancellation happens, but we also understand that things do come up. We have a cancellation policy that we enforce because of that within reason. Um, so that's definitely one of the pet peeves, I would say, of the business. But um, getting more to, like, kind of the larger picture, for me, it was just being a leader was uh, something that was – incredibly um, challenging to me in the beginning, just understanding the mindset that I needed to maintain, taking the high road and just understanding that it all fell at my feet. It's like the, the head coach of a football team. You know, Nick Saban uh, this morning is, is getting a lot of the flack for why they lost because it falls at the, at the head coach's feet. Now, he can't go out and play the game, but he's directing the game. So same thing for you as a business owner in whatever industry you're in, whether it's hair, beauty, anything, food, you name it. Um, if you want to create something successful and you want to have a team of people that follow you, then you need to learn that it's going to require greatness from yourself. And you need to become a great communicator as well as a great leader uh, before you ever think you're going to attain any level of success. And that was something that I luckily kind of realized quickly. Um, and I just started doing a lot of self-improvement, self-work. This book was the number one, and then I read a ton of other things that are all related to the kind of mindset that we're talking about and a leadership mentality. And I, there were times where I'd lose an employee or I'd have to let, let an employee go or they'd quit or whatever, and I'd say, and I'd start to look at, uh, well, why did this happen? And naturally, you get a little defensive and you place blame. And the more that that happened, the more, the more that I said, well, what if I just change that thought process? And I say to myself, well, what did I do or what could I have done differently to avoid this circumstance? A, more than likely, if I had to fire them, I hired the wrong person. And I'm the one that hired them. So that really actually ends up being my issue and my fault. So it's really an internal look. It's constantly being, uh, being self-aware. I use that term all the time. Um, having a no excuses mentality. Now, there are reasons things happen in life, of course, but there's not necessarily an excuse of why you can't or why you couldn't. Usually right. when you do that, you start to kind of play that victim role, and that's just a spiraling black hole of thought, in my opinion, and it's a lot of negativity related to that. So I really make a strong effort to be an incredibly positive person, a positive thinker, but I'm also a realist, so I know that I can't do that all the time. 
So when I'm not feeling the most positive or I'm not feeling the most motivated, well, that's when I have to lean on my self-discipline that I've created in my life to just get me through it. So I'm a big right. component of going to the gym every morning. So I don't, I tell my people, my friends and my, my family all the time, it's not like I jump and pop out of bed every morning, like, oh, let's go work out. It's hard that never happens. Why is it that doesn't happen to us? <laughs> nobody, nobody pops out and goes, let me go to gym. Everybody, the first 10 minutes is like the hardest thing ever. It's so true. I mean, it, it just is. But then once you get there and then fast forward through the workout, once you're done, you're never going to regret it ever. Like literally, sure. just like with certain leadership things that require like a little bit of the pain of discipline, you're never going to regret doing that at, on the back end because you're going to realize how far you grew little by little by little. It's not going to be some big grand slam that you hit. I realized this along the way of my business. I thought we were going to have that one big year. You know, where, where's that one year we're going to have explosive growth? Well, it doesn't really work like that. You have base hit after base hit after base hit. And it doesn't feel like anything's necessarily changing daily, but then you look back on it and you're like, oh my God, that was explosive. So if you look at our growth as a business from three years ago to the end of last year, it's an explosive amount of growth. So you have to kind of have some confidence and faith and trust the process, but then you also have to be real with yourself and be honest and realistic if you know that you're putting in the work or if you're not. And if you're not and you're honest enough to admit it, that's okay. The great news is you don't have to stay where you are. You just have to make some changes in your daily habits and actions to get to where you want to be. I agree with that 100%. As a matter of fact, I was part of a mastermind group uh, a few days ago, and all these multimillionaires, we were sitting down, we were talking. The number one thing, the topic that was discussed during this mastermind was taking responsibility when things go south. And one of the qualities, one of the characteristics of, of being an entrepreneur and in position of leadership is being able to know that if shit goes wrong, it is your responsibility and you got to put your chest out there first, take the responsibility of things that went wrong. Once you fully took acceptance of that, it was your fault or, you know, doesn't matter if you did it or didn't do it or it was uncontrolled or not. You went out there and you took responsibility for it. Once you do that, you have now announced it to the team that you're responsible for it, even though maybe it was their mistake. Exactly. But the fact that they know they are following a leader that is willing to take hits and is not got no politics involved, they're not doing this play, you know, this this blame game, then guess what ends up happening? That restores the confidence among that. So you're absolutely right. The head coach always should be the first one to take the hit for them not being successfully winning a game, even though he couldn't play the game and he wasn't in the field doing it. Exactly. He calls the shot. Has totally, to be there. Totally That's agree. it. And I think to, to, to your point, you know, we say like, if things go wrong, it's more like when things go wrong, because they will go wrong. And you have to anticipate that, you know, this is what a lot of people do. They're like, well, I, I, I got to wait to start this until I have all my ducks in a row. And that's true to a point because you want to be organized so that you can start strong. But the reality is even when you think you have all your ducks in a row and that you're starting strong, your, things are going to come up along the way that you are going to be required to adjust. You're going to be required to pivot and keep your center while adjusting and going with the flow at times. That's so important. So if you think about it, what employer have you worked for that maybe couldn't admit when they were wrong, were never wrong according to them? What does, what does that do for the morale or for the culture? It destroys it. it you can't even 
you can't even have anything positive in that because your leader or the person driving the bus can't even admit that they made a wrong turn. So for me, the what I, I actually tried this last year for the first time, and it's interesting that we set up this this call for today because I'm having my first team meeting of the year this evening with the entire team. And so last year, uh, I was reading this um, this uh, article on Warren Buffett and what he does at the beginning of each year, um, and the letter that he sends out to all of his investors and. You would think that he talks about all of the amazing things that have happened over the year, but the way that he actually starts it is with all the failures, all the mistakes, all the things that went wrong. Um, and I did that last year. I talked about every single thing I messed up on, where I fell short, uh, the goals that I felt that I personally didn't hit, the, the, maybe the, uh, the areas of failure that I believed that I was in, the, the areas that I didn't um, necessarily um, fulfill what I had set out to do. Um, and I called it out and, and everyone, you know what the thing is, everyone in the room already knew every single one that I said, because we work <laughs> together every day. It was just a difference to actually say it, call a spade a spade. And like you said, when you do that as a leader, man, it gives everybody so much permission to do it for themselves. And then what ends up happening is when you, when you don't do that, you're going against the culture now. And when you build that kind of a culture, we're like, listen, it's okay to be wrong. We're, we're all allowed to be wrong. What's not okay is to not acknowledge or recognize it because then it can never be corrected and then it just perpetuates in this cycle i i agree with that 100 percent because you know admitting that you were wrong takes a different individual and different mindset if you can't admit it that means you're still in la la land exactly. that means you're in denial and and <laughs> why are you laughing i was serious because right? la la land is funny you're right it's true because you're still in la-la land and your ego is stopping you from being authentic. And the longer that this goes, the, the distance becomes a lot more. Now, in order for you to be authentic, you have to do like this whole entire marathon run. So it might take you a few years to get where you should have been a few years ago if you would have just admitted that you messed up, that you could have done better. And it is not okay as an individual in leadership to make the same mistake twice. No, that's where it's Period. Not okay. because it's like it is not okay. driving with your dad when you were kids. This was before GPS. This is when we had maps. Your mom was in the front seat. Your dad's driving. Everyone in the darn car knows he made a wrong turn, but he can't admit it. So imagine just continuing that cycle forever, where like you just keep making wrong turns, and simply because you can't admit that you made a wrong turn or that you need a little bit. No, of help. in that case, you just divorce and get a new husband with true. GPS. True. Very true. <laughs> But that's the same analogy. You know, if you think about it, it's like imagine just ignoring your GPS and just going the way that you wanted to simply because you're stubborn and you can't admit like, uh, actually, I'm lost or I made a wrong turn. Because those right. two things in the, bringing it back to being an entrepreneur, you're going to be lost at times. You're going to be wrong at times. But that's when you have to stop, pause, admit where you are, and then you can then readjust. So then maybe you can seek out a mentor get some help, read a book, pick up Think and Grow Rich or something similar to that where you can then redirect, readjust. It's like what you just said, one of my favorite words in the English language, a paradigm. And your paradigm needs to sometimes shift. And that just means simply changing the way that you think. And when you change the way you think, the things that you start to think about change. That's the reality. 
I love it. I love it. Listen, I really appreciate you taking this time from your busy time. Um, I definitely would love to do this more often, especially in your industry. I know there's a lot of hairstylists, hair salon owners, and you know entrepreneurs that are in the service business, yeah. and they definitely have not got the opportunity to to read the book for one reason or another. But if we do this more often, we spread the word out there, and we'll be able to reach a lot of other entrepreneurs and be able to give them the tools that is necessary for them to be successful. So I thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge and wisdom with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'd love to do it again anytime. Thank you so much. Take care. We'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. Oh, 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 oh,